you have your Bibles with you, please open them up to Hebrews chapter 11. I'll be reading Hebrews chapter 11 verses 4 through 10. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not be, that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundation whose builder and maker is God. The ladies have asked those who are using uh, walkers or canes or any kind of an assistive uh, device, you could, uh, at the close of worship, uh, let you be the first ones to go down into the fellowship hall and get ready for uh, the meal and the rest of us will follow. And uh, the uh, the brother leading the closing prayer will, of course, offer thanks for the food we're about to eat. Have you ever known someone that you might consider a hero? I've known some heroes. I know you've known some heroes. Heroes are worth remembering. That's the title of the sermon this morning, Remembering the Heroes. What's been read for us is uh, the beginning of a list of heroes who we are to remember. Some of the heroes that we remember in this life are military heroes. Uh, Just as Carl said, all gave some, some gave all, and that's the whole point of uh, Memorial Day, isn't it? Tomorrow is Memorial Day. It became a federal holiday in 1971. It began as Decoration Day, and I'm sure that Many of you can remember, and I recall as a, as a little boy growing up, we went to the cemetery. We put flowers on the graves of those who we loved, who had gone on before us, and it was always called Decoration Day. And of course, uh, it became known as Memorial Day, and it actually began at the close of the Civil War. The greatest number of fatalities in any American engagement, uh, and uh, following the Civil War, the United States had to establish the first federal cemeteries because of the number of people who had given their lives. And we honor those people who served our nation. We honor those who continue to serve and those who have served. But this morning, 
I want us to focus just a little bit differently on a different kind of a hero. Some who gave their lives in the line of duty, some who were willing to give their lives in the line of duty but did not. Of course, I'm talking about the godly heroes that we read of throughout the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11 begins with a series of those faithful people that we read about in the Old Testament. Of course, the New Testament is full of uh, heroes, and but they are heroes of the spirit realm. Of course, when we're talking about a hero, whether it's a, a, a physical hero that we might be honoring as we will be tomorrow during Memorial Day, or whether it's in the, the spirit realm, often the hero does not measure up to what we think maybe a hero ought to measure up to. Of course, I recall growing up, and I, I was like every other young boy growing up in, in at least our nation, my father was my hero, and, and I was glad to hear about the things that that he did as he fought in the Korean War. I know that Nicole's daddy, she was proud of him as a hero. He fought during the the war in Vietnam. And of course, we have a myriad of people in our number who were uh, are veterans or had family members who were veterans. I myself never served in the military, but I was proud that my father did. And I always held him up as a hero, whether it was Memorial Day, Veterans Day, any kind of time I could honor my father and remember him as a hero, I wanted to do that. And I think we ought to do that with our spiritual heroes. And we might ought to even think a little more about them. But they don't always, uh, when we see someone and we learn about them being a hero, sometimes we're surprised, aren't we? The most decorated soldier of World War II, Audie Murphy, went on to be a, a Hollywood movie star, was, was not a huge man of stature. Maybe looking at him to begin with, you would not think that he could be a hero. And of course, he, he starred in the movie To Hell and Back that chronicled his life as a World War II hero. And he finally went into the army because after all, the army will take anybody, right? He was rejected by every other uh, uh, branch of the military service, and so he finally went into the army. Maybe first looking at Audie Murphy, we wouldn't think of him as as a hero. Now we might think of World War One hero, Sergeant Alvin C. York, who was the most decorated soldier of World War One, and he kind of fit the bill. He was a tall man, he was a handsome man, he looked like he was tough, and and we look at him, we th- we might think, well, that man would be a hero. But what about David? The young man David came from the sheepfold, went to the camp when the, the Israelites were, were in battle array against the, uh, the Philistines and no one would go out and meet that giant, but David said he would go. He didn't look like a hero. Everybody mocked and made fun of him, but he was, wasn't he? He was a hero. Sometimes heroes don't come in the hero package. Let me tell you about a young man I read about. His name was Ben Overstreet. Ben Overstreet wanted to play football so bad when he was in high school he could hardly stand it. The problem was Ben was 5'5 and he weighed 105 pounds. Now his parents knew that if he played football he was likely to get hurt so they went and talked to the coach and he made the team but he made the team as the water boy. But he was on the team. 
His time would come, though. Nineteen seniors graduated of the class of 1950. After graduation, Overstreet went on to attend the University of Florida for one year. Of course, he was the only son of a mechanic, and when speaking about him, people would would make note that he didn't have much money, and of course, in Ben Overstreet's words, he says, I was just stone broke, is more like it. But the Air Force offered him $75 a month, food and shelter, so a year out of high school, he joined the Air Force. And he went to different kinds of training, and uh, uh, three of his buddies went with him, and he had this dream that he wanted to fly airplanes. Well, he got into the Air Force, and they made him a clerk. He became a typist. This doesn't sound much like a hero, does it? But in 1953, he qualified for flight training. He came out a second lieutenant, and he was scheduled to go to battle in the war on the Korean Peninsula. But before he could get there, the war ended. The pilots were not needed any longer, so he began to just do different things in the area of of, uh, aviation within the Air Force, and he trained with a whole lot of different types of aircraft over the next several years. And then 1965 rolled around, and of course the Vietnam War broke out, and the pilots were called back to action. Well, by then, Ben was a major, and his war was at 35,000 feet. And he flew all sorts of aircraft, and he could see the explosions going on below him. And then there was this dramatic change of duty station for him, and he began to do something else. And and he began to fly a fixed-wing, single-engine airplane over the enemy at treetop level. He would look for those who were flying the big jets, who maybe had to eject for whatever reason, and and they were searching for those young men, and he would go and find them. And he would be, again, at treetop level, taking the fire and and leading the, the forces to their rescue. Well, Ben went on to win the Silver Star, one of the nation's highest honors, because of the great work that he did in helping to rescue one particular young man. In fact, they made a movie out of it. Gene Hackman starred in it. So Ben Overstreet became a hero. But he wasn't in the hero package, was he? He was 5'5", 105 pounds. He was a hero. You see, a hero is someone who gives himself or herself to a greater and a nobler, more noble cause, right? Who gives up what they love in this life or what they love more and think, they think about other people. They think about the things that heroes do. Someone who does not allow the external circumstance of life to prevent them from fulfilling the job that a hero fulfills. Even if they are 5'5 five, five and 105 pounds. Now we have an impressive list of heroes in Hebrews chapter 11. And if we could look at every one of those, I imagine that not all of them would fit the hero packet. Now, I don't know what Sarah looked like. We're not told. I don't even know what Abram looked like, later known as Abraham. But, you know, Sarah's mentioned in that list of folks. She's a hero. Again, I don't know what she looked like or what her stature was. But if she was 
what we might consider the the uh, average person of that time. She wasn't a big person, neither would Abraham have been. We think about our Lord, and He would not have grabbed your attention in a crowd of people. We read Isaiah chapters 52 and 53, and we learn that He was just a common-looking individual. He wasn't something that we would look at Him and say, well, He's a handsome man of, of, of tall and big stature, but He was a hero and the greatest one who ever lived. But what is a hero? We remember heroes. And we remember heroes who recognize their lives belong to God. That's what a hero does. They recognize. To recognize means to accept or be aware that something is true or exists. The heroes we read about in Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes we know of in this life who have gone on to their reward or maybe are still with us who are faithful to God, they recognize and they rely upon God because they know He is who He says He is. Down through history, the faithful has always relied upon the authority of God to guide them. Uh, it was said that Noah found grace in the eyes of God, Genesis chapter 6. Moses recorded this, he said, And it repented the Lord that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, Genesis 6, 6 through 8. I don't know how tall Noah was. I don't, I don't know if he would fit the bill of a hero as I consider Sergeant Alvin C. York. And of course, uh, that's where uh, Nicole and I are from, the area where he is. And he's well known and pictures of him. And, and I would recognize him if he were alive today and if he walked in. He was a tall man, a handsome man. He looked like a hero. I don't know what Noah looked like. He might have been a short man, a little overweight. Who knows? I don't know. I know he built an ark and he did what God asked him to do. And he's a hero. In the eyes of God. And that makes him a hero in my eyes. And I know it makes him a hero in your eyes. Why out of all the people that lived at that time was Noah the one who found unmerited favor? Because Noah was the one looking for it, wasn't he? Noah wanted to find favor in the eyes of God. He wanted to be faithful. Abraham saw God for what he was and is and he acted appropriately, didn't he? God said, get out of where you're living, Abraham. Leave the, the home of your father. Get out of Ur. Go to a place I'll tell you when we get on the road where we're going. Now, I'll just tell you, when I go somewhere, I like to know where I'm going before I leave. That way, when I get lost, I know I'm lost. You see, Abraham, he just got up and he went. Why? Because he's a hero. He relied on God. He recognized God for who He was. Notice what is recorded in Joshua 24, beginning with verse 2. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham. That's talking about the Euphrates River on the other side of the flood. And the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan. And multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. It was not a quick trip, was it? He was all over the place. But he went because he was a hero. While tending sheep in the wilderness, Moses thought he had gotten away from Egypt. It had been 40 years and it was in the rearview mirror. And then all of a sudden he's out 
tending the sheep and he sees this bush on fire and he goes to examine it and the Lord speaks to him from out of that bush. He says, take off your feet, your shoes. Take off your sandals because you're standing on hallowed ground. Exodus 3, 2 through 3 and verse 4. The Lord called Moses, Moses. You know what Moses did? He did what heroes do. He said, here I am. And he did what God asked him to do. When he recognized it was God, he hid his face because he didn't want to look upon the face of God. He understood who he was and he understood who God was. One of the problems of today, I believe, is that in general, many of the Lord's church, they're not afraid to look God straight in the eye and not do what He's asked them to do. But heroes don't do that. Heroes give themselves. A hero doesn't have to die by the sword. He has to live by faith. And if he dies because of that, that doesn't make him any more of a hero. It just makes him one who's gone on to his reward. The Apostle John died, as far as we can tell, of natural causes. All the other apostles gave their lives in defense of the Word. That doesn't mean they were more heroic than John. He was still a hero. Heroes are those who listens to the words that Jesus spoke and, and believes them. The great heroes of Hebrews 11 relied upon God. That's why we know that they recognized Him as who He was. And they reached out to those around them to bring them in also. Isn't that what heroes do? We were just talking about Ben Overstreet. He was a hero and he reached out to help those who were in need and brought them to safety. We're under the obligation of the Great Commission. And you know what a hero does? A hero reaches out. A hero reaches out to those who are in uh, the sins of this world, whose lives are in danger, eternally speaking, and we help them. That's what a hero does. A hero doesn't have to be six, five, two hundred pounds. He might be five, eleven. I don't know, 212, something like that. The word world, translated Matthew 28, verse 20, is really better translated age. Everyone in here, from the smallest to the tallest, from the, the thinnest to the widest, we can be heroes. And that's what God expects. And this word age tells us how long that's to last. So this world's over till He returns. I want us to remember prior to the, the promise of His being with us until this world ends, He also made a statement telling us as we convert those around us to teach them to do the things that He taught them to do as well. Verse 18. What's a hero? How do we remember heroes? I think we remember Heroes is those people who recognize God is in control of their lives. And I think also a hero is someone, and we remember them because they willingly receive what God has given. That's our second point. God's heroes will accept what He offers. We read about the, the rich young ruler walking up to 
to the Lord and saying, Master, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Do we recall Him and remember Him as a hero? Sadly enough, we don't, do we? Why? Because He didn't offer what the Lord was giving. Get rid of the things in your life that stands between you and God and come and follow me. And it just so happened that the rich young man was just that. He was rich and he allowed his possessions to get in between him and God and he put that first. What does a hero do? Can a hero overcome some things like that? Absolutely they can. Peter overcame a lot. David overcame a lot. Abraham overcame a lot. Moses overcame a lot. But the rich young ruler didn't overcome anything, did he? He's not remembered as a hero. He's remembered as someone who went away sorrowfully because he loved his possessions more than he loved God. See, a hero accepts and will receive what God offers. I want us to notice again some of the faithful of the past and how they accepted God's message. Each one of these people listed for us, preceding their name, says, By faith. And then there's some kind of an action. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Do you notice that God did not have to convince and plead with Noah that a rain was coming, a great flood was coming. By faith, he moved with fear, godly fear, respect for God because he knew who he was. We remember heroes because they recognize God and they reach out to those around them. And that's exactly what the preacher Noah did. For an additional 120 years, he reached out to those around them. Now, do we measure a hero by the success rate? Of those who listen to the hero? Well, if we do, Noah's not one. But according to God, he is a hero because he is listed in Hebrews chapter 11. Not one person outside of his three sons, their three wives, and his wife got on the ark with them. No one. But is Noah a hero? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without argument, Abraham made arrangements to offer his son as a sacrifice, didn't he? I don't see him bartering and pleading. Do you remember what happened when the three visitors came to visit Abram? <clears throat> they were going into the plains of the, the five cities of the plains, and they had every intention and did destroy those cities. Two angels went on. The Lord stood back and talked with, with Abraham. Do you know what kind of conversation they had? Well, would you destroy the city of 50 people? Well, what about 40? 30, would you destroy the all the way down to 10? Do you know what kind of bartering Abraham did when God spoke to him and he said, Go off of your son Isaac. He did not barter one time. Because heroes do what they need to do. And he knew that he had to do what God asked him to do. And if he gave his son, he knew that God had the power to restore His Son to Him. Can you imagine the trip of three days over to that mountain? The lack of sleep that Abraham had? The worry and the heavy heart? And he went on because that's what heroes do. Heroes accept. They receive. I don't want us to forget 
All those who have also agreed to follow God in our time, who receive what He is offering. When we accept what God is giving, sometimes we have to suffer in this life for it, don't we? There have been families who have disowned members because they've become members of the Lord's church. Untold people around the world are threatened with violence because they obey the gospel, but they have agreed to receive in this world so they can enter into the next one. They embrace God's message of salvation. They do the things He's asked them to do. I've mentioned this. On one of my trips to India, some of the brethren were telling me they'd gone down to uh, hand out tracts or talk to people in the village. And there's a group of, there's a radical group amongst the Hindu religion, which is, is uncommon, but there is a radical group, and they're very violent. And they uh, attacked these young men and beat them up and did some things to them. And they came back, and that, that had happened several weeks or months prior to me getting there, and they were telling me about it. And they were honored. They said, they beat us. This broke my heart. They weren't angry with those people. If they could suffer for the Lord, they wanted to do that. They were heroes. The Lord encouraged those who suffered in that way during the first century. He said this, Revelation 2 verse 10, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of righteousness. The last time I was in India, I was in northeast India. They had a civil war going on. There was a brother up there named Barnabas, and he was rightly named. He'd take us to different areas. The danger didn't mean a whole lot to him. I was a little upset when I got there and found out they had a civil war going on. I said, I told Brother Jim Water, and you left that little nugget of information out. He was happy to go there. See, those who endure do so because they want to endure. They're happy to endure. How do we endure in this life? How did those people of the Revelation, how did they endure? Because number one, they wanted to endure. They wanted to endure. How do we recognize a hero? How do we remember heroes? A hero is someone who recognizes God. A hero is someone who receives what God offers. And a hero is someone who replies to the words that God has spoken. That's our third and final point. We must react to God. Now, we can react in a whole lot of ways. But if you look up the definition of the word react, it means to change in response. We see these examples read for us. Hebrews chapter 11. Noah built an ark. Abram gave up all his possessions, his family, his household servants. And he left. And by the way, he lived in the good part of town. They had some nice things in Ur. He went to a destination of which he didn't even know. Moses gave up a life of ease in the the most powerful nation in the world. But he did go back with a rod and God by his side. So he could free God's people from bondage. 
On the day of Pentecost, Peter and the other apostles stood up and Acts 2 verse 14 said, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. The reaction of that great sermon on that great day was enormous. About 3,000 people decided they'd change their lives. they changed their ways of thinking. They repented. They obeyed the gospel. Verse 37 tells us how that happened. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What a question. You see, heroes respond to God's Word. And we respond by way of change. What do I need to do to be a hero in the sight of God? Well, I need to respond, right? I need to react and then I need to respond appropriately. We've been given the opportunity to reply, to respond, to react, to do some things in our lives that are necessary that God expects people to do, and that makes those people heroes in God's sight. See, we have life and we have time right now. No one thinks they're going to die today or tomorrow or even next week. But we might. No one's guaranteed anything. But here's what we do know, that we've been called by God through the gospel of Jesus Christ, 2 Thessalonians 2.14. And what is the proper response to that? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Those on Pentecost responded in kind, and about 3,000 were added unto them because they repented and they were converted. The same thing happened in Acts 3, verse 19. Those people who repented and were converted, they, with their mouths, made the confession that Jesus Christ was the Son of God unto salvation, Romans 10.10. We see the Ethiopian eunuch doing the same thing, Acts 8. And then, of course, they were buried in baptism, Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, so their sins could be washed away, Acts 22.16. So they could be added to the Lord's church, Acts 2, verse 42. So they could be saved, 1 Peter 3.21. So they could be placed into the body of Christ, Galatians 3.26 and 27. And like those heroes of the past, those we read about, those that we know today, they continue steadfastly, Matthew 10.22, so they might receive the crown of life. That's what a hero does. We've been given a great list of heroes. And it is quite amazing when we read about them, isn't it? I am sure glad I don't have to be building an ark. I am so thankful that God has not instructed me to leave everything that I know and that is common to me to go somewhere I have no idea where I'm going. I'm so thankful that I've not been asked to give in sacrifice any one of my four daughters. I'm thankful that I didn't have to lead a nation in a battle like many of the judges did. I'm thankful for that. Though we don't do those things, we can still be heroes. A hero is someone who's faithful to God in every aspect of his or her life. Once having obeyed the gospel and living for God. 
That's what makes us heroes. And won't it be wonderful to sit down at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in fellowship, understanding what those men did prior to us getting there to meeting them. And that whole list of Hebrews chapter 11, being able to talk to all those people who lived the way they ought to live. Can you imagine sitting down with Samuel and and talking to him about the heartbreak that was Saul? But he continued to do the right things. Can you imagine sitting with any one of the apostles and talking about the way in which Jesus prayed for them personally? Can you imagine talking to those who were in the garden? Maybe some of those very ones who helped contribute to the death of our Savior, who obeyed the gospel recorded for us in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, telling what a marvelous sight it was when Christ stepped from the crowd and said, I'm the one you're looking for. Gave Himself willingly. See, we're honoring those heroes today. We're remembering heroes. There's nothing wrong with remembering the heroes of this great nation as they gave their lives so that we could be here today talking about Jesus, the greatest hero. Talking about those who came before Christ, those who came after Him, those who supported His cause and lived their lives for Him. We're remembering heroes. Let's continue to remember the heroes. But let's be a hero. Answer the call of God today, whether through initial obedience or repentance and coming back to Him. Some of those great heroes we read about had to do that, didn't they? If you need to answer the Lord's invitation, do that as we stand and as we sing.